welcome to episode 71 of the Alfa Romeo Driver podcast, brought to you by the Alfa Romeo Owners Club. I'm Guy Swarbrick, and this week's guest is Alan Thomas, who looks after the club's most diverse model register, the Modified Register. Good afternoon, Alan. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, you're very welcome. So we, we tend to start these club officials, officials sounds very um, official, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, these club officials podcasts with a little bit of history. So I guess the thing people are really going to be interested to hear, given who we are and who we're talking to, is when did you first become interested in alphas and Italian cars in general, I guess? Okay, that's a very good question. Yeah, a good, good one to start on. So when I was 16 or 17, I, was, I used to work as a McDonald's employee as my first ever job. You know, go, us going to sixth form in the evening, I used to work part-time. And basically what happened was this one time I was on drive through and a customer came through in a Brera. Now thinking, what on earth is this car? I'd never seen it. It's beautiful. <laughs> I loved it. I'd never seen it before. It's so amazing because you never see cars like that that often. I was like, I don't know what this is. And then I said to the owner, I was like, excuse me, what car is this? He said, oh, it's a Brera. I was like, this is beautiful. And I want this. <laughs> and I think that's what triggered the first love for me at first, because as soon as I heard the name Alfa Romeo, I was like, oh, okay. I did learn more about this. I went home, researched about the brand. I was like, okay, this brand is full of heritage. I love it instantly. It's very rare to see. So it's a very unique car to be owning in the future. And I believe the next year was 2017. And that's when the Julia was announced. Oh, sorry, 2016 I think it was announced. Yeah. And I said to myself, like, I need one of these cars immediately in my future. <laughs> but of course, you know, the one I would love to have is a Julia Quadrifoglio. And at the time I never had license and best. I decided to start the uh, evolution of the Alphas. So I passed my license, I think in 2018, I think it was. And then a year later, I got my Mito. It was my first ever car. I got that because um, it was cheap to insure firstly. <laughs> it was rare. And it's quite fun to see a different car that no one, because a typical car, you know, either a Corsa or a Polo or, you know, one of those typical cars, but Amita was quite good looking for a very new car. And I was like, and I love Alphas. And I still have that car now. It's the one that pretty much everyone knows, the sticker and everything. Then two years into that, I think it's two years or three years, I got my Julietta Cloverleaf, which I had sold earlier this year. And then one of my friends was selling a meter, which I bought another one. So I used that as my daily meter. And then I kept my original one as a show car in a way, because the main thing is serious, because I got on coilovers and it gets stuck quite often. I was like, I don't want to drive this car. And because it's got a body kit on it, it kept breaking the splitter. I was like, you know what? This should be limited to shows and not everyday driving. So I used the um, the new 155 meter as a daily. And my um, original one is currently parked up in a garage. So we'll, we'll talk about mods in general later on and, and yeah. kind of the, the, the range of, of mods that people do. And the, the new... 155 meter how um, how standard is that going to stay i'm telling myself i cannot modify this because <laughs> the issue is i, I modify it too much when i can't drive it comfortably anymore i don't want to have that same issue again <laughs> so i'm like you know what little things is fine so for example like i'm going to be changing the radio to a doubled in later on this year or maybe early next year because i hate the standard radio <laughs> and I'm looking at new wheels and some other bits, which I shouldn't be doing, but, you know, it happens. <laughs> I was going to say later on, I think probably changing the head unit and the, the wheels and tires is probably the yeah, the, the, ba baseline, the baseline yeah. <laughs> where 
you know, if, if you want to call it a modified car, it is, yeah. and other people would say, no, that, that doesn't count. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> okay. Tell us about your show car then. So what, what kind of Mito is it? And, and what's the, because I guess it's probably not, there are mods that have come and gone over the time you've you've owned it. So what what's the, the history of that car? The, the spec of that car is the 1.495 horsepower Veloce, which was at the time was the second best trim just below the uh, Cloverleaf, which is, you know, brilliant. When it comes to modifying, I've done so much to thing right now but everything that i've done to it i never taken off because i want to because i know okay. that this car is forever staying with me because i'm not selling this car <laughs> hopefully not anyway so i first thing i did to it was get new wheels like we just said i changed the um, classic horseshoes to a three spoke imola alloys mm-hmm. and they're, they're 18 inches rather than 70 so it's a bit nicer then i had it wrapped so basically i had the uh the surrounds wrap along with the um, roof and uh, the mirror caps. And then I had my lights change from silver to black ones because I'm not really a fan of silver, but you know, <laughs> I was a silver all, all across and along with red. Yeah. And then I changed the uh, seats to say belts. Uh, I got side skirts, this red diffuser, this rare splitter on the front. I'm looking away because I got all my um, pictures of my wall cars everywhere. So I'm looking at what you've done because my room is covered in my Mito's photos. <laughs> and then I had this massive rear quarter vinyl on the back, which was originally OEM, but then that's not making them. So it's kind of like gold girls. So I kind of got very lucky with that one. Yeah. And then I had it lowered and springs initially, but it somehow raised my car by another 20 mil, which I don't know what happened. <laughs> Everyone used to call it the Stel Mito, which is a bit annoying, but... <laughs> It did, I don't know how it happened or I can't explain it, but it just made my car higher than it was before, which made no sense to me. And then um, fitted coilovers on it recently, so it's quite lower now. But then I did have a springs on it before, which is lower in the first place since that racing incident. And then I had major lack appeal on the front. That's where the honeycomb stickers which is, come. Which is really unusual on an Alpha. Oh, yes. I know the paint quality <laughs> is amazing, especially on the, uh, the Russo Red. You know, it's, it's unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then I changed the inside steering wheel to a facelift one. Yeah. All these things. I don't think I ever take off because I just love the car too much. And it does cost me a fortune, but I think it's kind of worth it at times because I just love the car. So that that's where it is at the moment. Any any plans for it in the short, medium term? I like what I've done to it. So I don't want to take it off. But if I was to do it to the point where I wanted to be a brand new car-ish thing, I would respray it eight to red. I would have this custom wrap that I designed in my head and I have it written somewhere, which I would use as a, you know, the wrap on the car. But it's like a one-off edition that no one has ever seen. I was like, and I appreciate it because this is from that person. I was like, I don't want to stealing it. So I'll copyright it. I'm saying this is copyrighted. You can't steal it. But um, <laughs> that's what I love to do to it, to, you know, to basically put that custom wrap on it. But um, the main issue at the time is I like what I've done to mainly and the car has done quite a lot of miles on it. So I know it's not going anywhere, but the bodywork is not in perfect condition. So if I was to do the wrap itself, it would have to be a complete respray where they clean up yeah. everything. And obviously that's not cheap endeavor to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's um so my, my right. initial plan was to basically get a second Mito and then do all that thing onto that one. But then yeah. I thought if I want to get out of the car, I can't have three cars. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do speak to David Faithful, and I don't oh, I yes. don't think he I don't think he believes there's any limit to the number of Mitos that you can that's have. True. That's very true. <laughs> so the reason we have you on the on the call today. Day, other than the fact that you're an interesting guy, you're the the model registrar for our most unusual register. So most of our registers are either single uh, single model. So I look after the the nine three nine spider.
Theatre, or they're arranged so there's a 105 register, which is all of the Julia Saloons and Batoni Coupes and Spiders, and that's got quite a, a broad range. But the modified register, in theory, could be, I guess, I guess in theory, it could be anything from a 1910 Dirac all the way through to, you know, to a, a, a Tonale, as long as it's yeah, modified. absolutely. So I believe that modified can be anything. So I know people say, oh, the car looks stock, which is fair enough. You know, some people want it that way. Because like, for example, one of the articles that I wrote for the uh, register for the uh, Alpha Driver magazine this, this month was in regards to a guy who basically has a meter, but it's modified performance-wise, but not really looks-wise. Which, which I think is brilliant because you would think, oh, it's a normal, typical meter. But in fact, it actually has a lot of stuff beneath the, you know, the appearance. What, and, what we called a cue car in the 90s. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or as people call it, sleeper cars nowadays, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it could be anything. And then, for example, like we have Robert McDonald's. He has a, he has a um, Sprint, which is a, you know, he basically from, essentially from scratch because it was, you know, he did, that was his project. And then we got so many, well, we've got James Payne with the um, Air Julieta. We've got Julia. Quadrophilia, which is modified on there. It's amazing because you're not limited to seeing one model, although the groups tend to be fully meters and Juliettas all the time because that's what the most affordable car at the time is and, you know, the most accessible at the time. It's nice to see all these nice little spiders being modified, you know, these little... I love it. I love seeing all these different cars. And what do you see, obviously, given the breadth of that community, what mm-hmm. do you see as being the role of the, the register in terms of bringing that community together? So this is something that I don't want to, you know, point out to anyone. So please stop me if I am <laughs> because like there, there have been times when people have felt like when they modify their cars especially alphas it's more of a disgrace because they're like how dare you ruin a perfectly good alpha you know because this is ruining but people see it improving for example I made my car personal to me because that's what I want to do it's my car and I felt like the need, the group was the register was in, in fact made because people wanted to have a place where they can show off more and you know be appreciated for modifying their cars rather than being cast a stone on them because, you know, they're ruining, with quotes, them on the air. You know, it's an alpha that has been changed from stock, you know, and obviously in shows like, you know, um, at Alpha Day, we got Show and Shine and all that kind of stuff where it's more based on how good it's kept from the factory, which is brilliant. I love it, seeing all these restored cars and everything. But I think especially now we're getting more and more open to the idea that cars can be modified and they're being judged for that. For example, this year we had Kirsten's car, which won first. And then we had, um, I forgot, I think it was James, I think his name was, I forgot his name, the Julia. That's a replica of a GTA. And it's nice to see, you know. Yeah, and I think that was part of the reason for the show and shine category, although mm-hmm. it, you know, perhaps didn't go as far as, as it could have done, mm-hmm. in that concourse is all about being original. Yes. And the idea of show and shine was cars that are either, you know, they're, they're, they may still look stock, and mm-hmm. are really well looked after, but they're not entirely original. Yes. Through to, you know, whatever you want to do with them. And I, you, you've seen my Julietta, I think, yes, which I is from, from a distance looks vaguely stock. It's got Julia wheels and yeah. carbon mirror caps and carbon door yeah. handles and a, and a splitter. But other than that, it's a, it's a standard looking for Loche. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think yeah, if, you, if you look back further at things like 105s, it, it's hard to find a nine, late 60s or early 70s Julia that is in fact 
in any way standard. Yeah, very, very few of them have bumpers on anymore. They've all had the, you know, the, the bumpers and the mounts ground off and, and kind of smoothed up a bit or a race car appearance, if you like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, I think it's, it's when it, to me, the friction, if you like, tends to come more when people start to see a disconnect between what they think of as what alphas are about. Yeah. So to me, I, the most times I see reactions about modified cars, it's anything that isn't making them look more sporty or more like a a, a race heritage mm-hmm. and and more like a a traditional modified car, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, so lowering kits and yeah. uh, more extreme paint jobs and stuff. I think that's when people start to to react, and I think it's just it's just unfamiliarity. It's, it's the people mm-hmm. have a set idea of what an alpha is, and and yeah. that doesn't fit their idea. But yeah, you know, we're all absolutely. we're all allowed our I mean, own ideas. Yeah, absolutely, and that goes to the thought of you know, is a Julia Julia GTA a modified car or is that stock because it's coming from a factory although it was modified from a Julia Quadrifoglio what would you yeah, it's an interesting question yeah, yeah. because it is. to me I see it as a modified because the M in itself sounds for modi, you know modify you know modifica which is brilliant because that's what they're saying is modified from factory Yeah. so I see it as modified but obviously other people say it's as it's coming from a factory as a car of you know it's predicted you know there was a there was, sense, yeah. there was a website that you can find on the Wayback Machine but it's Mm-hmm. has disappeared as a as a live website called the Jackie Touch mm-hmm. and it was put together in the late noughties I think um and it was it was lots of pictures of mostly french modified cars that had been done mm-hmm. really badly right and and it became there was a a period when people would look at something and refer to it as a Jackie if it was something that had been done really badly, you know, big bean can exhaust, six yeah, yeah. six bean can exhaust and <laughs> um, spoilers in a different colour to yeah. like blue spoiler on a white car or whatever. Right. And and there was some horrendous things on there. But one of the interesting, just to pick up on the, the GTAM thing, one of the interesting things that came out of that was there was a, a phrase that was in use at the time, which was a factory Jackie. <laughs> which was which was anything that had been you know, modified in the factory in a mm-hmm. horrible way, right. and and was something you would never go anywhere near. Which is not saying that applies to the GTAM, but just yeah. the the fact that you know a Jackie was a modified car and a factory Jackie was a was a factory modified car. So it, mm. it's been a thing for a while, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's worth worth a quick search if you can find the the remnants of it. I think um, I will be doing. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked about you know bringing people together and and trying. To to reduce that, or, or it's not even reduce, is it? It's give somebody in in a, a very place of belonging. I would yeah, say, yeah. In, in a very kind of um, Gen Z way, give them a safe space to be able to to mm-hmm. share their. Um, yeah, I have to say though, for example, I never experienced that issue before. I mean, I have when I first joined and did some crazy with that. And then I stopped saying like, "Why do I care what they think? This is my car." Yeah, and then I stopped kind of seeing that side of people. But I suppose not everyone can think that way. And then having a group like this, whether it's it like they belong, you know, no matter what they actually do. And then, yeah. like I said, everyone has their own personal preference and, you know, I don't, I don't have to like what someone else do, but that's their car and that's their preference. Like, I know people that don't like my car, but yeah. that's what I did to my well, and, and I think to back back to the, the factory Jackie thing, I think there are people who would probably have looked at a, a Julia Quadrifoglio mm-hmm. with a body kit on that looked like a GTM before it was launched by the factory yeah. and said, oh, they've ruined that. And then that's the moment it was launched by the factory, oh, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. 
same. That's so true. I think there, there is a there's a degree of hypocrisy in there as yeah, well. Yeah, that's true. It's <laughs> a good point. So what have you done since you took over the role uh, to to try and build the community? Obviously, I know I knew Ben because he doesn't live too far from me, and I used to organise little meets in Felixstowe um, when Nick used to come along sometime sometime as well. Um, and as Ben got busy with his life, I think the group became a lot more dormant. Like it wasn't as active as it used to. So I feel like I made the group be more active, and then obviously we got new stickers, which is a really big thing for me. I very, love it. Very proudly displayed <laughs> displayed in the window of my Julietta. Hey, that's good to. Hear. Here. It's like we just did a whole new rebrand essentially, if that makes sense. Because I, I've been on that group since you know when I first ever got my meter and I never really seen much activeness on it. I mean obviously it's not, I'm not blaming Ben, but I'm saying with the life gets business and he was managing that three, four group, you know, three, four things at a time. So I totally get it. And I feel like because I got the passion to modify cars in the first place, I can push that onto other people in a way in a great nice way, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> and any plans to to develop the register further? Yeah. So I am doing some things in the background, for example, like for the for the Alpha Driver magazine for April, I think it is, I got a really good story. So um, as most of you guys know, Owen and James are two of the guys who actually own bagged Alphas at the moment that we know in the UK. And James James's kit used to be on Ollie's car before. And as Ollie has sold his car now, James bought that kit and now he put into his Julietta, becoming, becoming the only Julietta in the UK at the moment that has the um, air, air, air system on it. And Owen, this is something he wanted to do for a very, very long time. So I've been following that since I knew him, as a matter of fact. And he's been lowering his car to the point where you can't even put your finger underneath it. So it's nice to have nice to see that the progression he made from coilover from springs to coilovers and now to bags. Because this is a very funny story because um his I think his first springs, I think it was, on that was on his car. It went on to Elliot, who has a martini meter at the time, but he's it's now broken apart. Um so that went on to that car and then that spring from Elliot's car came onto my car. <laughs> So it's like a it's like a spring that is traveling through the meat register more than it should, and it's still in a very condition in my garage at the moment. But then I wonder who's going to get it next. You know, you know where it's going next. It's going on your other meters. Oh yeah, I shouldn't be, but I think I will. <laughs> so just 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 for the members who aren't necessarily into into modding, yeah. what what exactly is bagging? So it's a suspension where the actual so so a typical suspension you would usually mean a spring and a coilovers. They replaced that completely with a with like a um well it's called a bag that's what I call it <laughs> which kid which has a compressor in the back which would basically expand the bag to make the car raise its ride height or lower it um, as the owners fit and a lot of what a lot of people do is when they're driving the car they actually race it so it doesn't get caught on anything and it's quite comfortable and when they lower it you know it looks like there's no it's literally on the floor basically there's literally no there's no travel in the bottom at all and it's something that people love because as you know as we as the world is going towards so stance, you know, look of the cars and everything. This is a great way because uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an expensive option, but it's nice to have that option of racing the car at your will and then lowering it if you want to without having the... Uh, yeah, having, so you know, it gives you that, yeah, tools. that yeah. ultra low look, but yes. but without making the car completely undrivable. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I kind of remember a, a kind of sequence of, of things getting lower and lower to the point where you couldn't drive them anymore, but you took them yes. on the, took them on the, yeah. to a show on the back of a truck. 
yeah to the point where they would no longer go on the back of the truck because they were so low that they couldn't actually, actually <laughs> I had get on the back. Juliet, actually my Julieta once oh this is a funny story as well because James and I were going to an alpha meet like organized by the um, East Anglia section in the 1st of January of this year and on my way to the meet my Julieta broke down and three uh, trucks had come because my car would not go on the back of a those forked yeah. what are they called I know the one the you mean big, the, the wheel lift the yeah. trucks yeah. yeah that's a yeah apparently it was too low to go and I was like oh boy and then I had to wait another extra five hours for a flatbread to be available for them to come pick me up. <laughs> I um, I had a similar thing with my just just with the splitter on the front of my Julietta. Oh boy, um, the AA, the AA wouldn't lift it. But yeah, okay. So let's get back to the question that we talked about earlier on. In in your mind, what is a modified car? Well, at what point does it become something that you think is is not just a car that's been changed a little bit from factory spec, but is worthy, if worthy is the right word, of being described <laughs> as a, a modified car. I think that's all in the uh, perception of the owner personally, because what is modified is like it's, it's something that it's been changed from factory, you know. And you could argue that it's literally as simple as changing number plate because that wasn't on the car when it first came that way. But I think for it to be seen as modified, like in a more inclusive way, that everyone would see, oh wow, it's actually modified. It's probably like little things that you know. For example, one could be lowering, that's your preference. It could be stickers if that is your preference, you know. Something that would make your car stand out from when it, when you first saw it or like when you first came out of the factory. That's the way I've seen it. And of course, everyone has their, their own, you know, description to it. But the way I've seen it is if a car has been changed from factory, then it's modified. But that doesn't mean like changing the spark moves, but it's been modified, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> and obviously, you know, if you change from, you know, if it came with Michelin tires and you put Pirelli's on, yeah. That's not, it's not that's modifying, not modified. But exactly. Yeah. If I if I look at my spider, so my spider has it's a Qtronic, so it's a gearbox mm-hmm. remap, as an engine remap. Mm-hmm. It has what else have I done to it? It's got a uh, an Android Auto Kenwood head mm-hmm. unit, and it's got cloverleaf badges on the front wings just to upset the people who don't think it should have. <laughs> oh cloverleaf. yes, it's a Q4, it's a Q4 Q yeah. sense for quadrifolio, um, <laughs> and it also has um, some Italian flag badges which actually come off the four. Oh, lovely. I don't consider that modified. My, my, Interesting. My Julietta, I do consider modified. I mean, it'd mm. be hard to argue it isn't with 300 horsepower, but but I think to me it's, yeah, because it's got the splitter, because it's got the, the carbon bits, to me that then takes it that one step further. I mean, the, the Spider's got 19-inch 159Ti wheels on it, which mm. it shouldn't really have on either. But that feels to me like, uh, trying to think of a politically correct term, it, it's kind of, it's tarted up a bit rather OEM than plus, being, would you say? yeah, but it, I wouldn't consider it modified. And even my Julieta, I think, is is modified, but only, you know, it's, it's kind of beginner modified. It's not... Mm-hmm. Oh, it's got upgraded brakes and stuff as well, but the suspension's still stock. I think to mm-hmm. me that's that's a big change. Mm-hmm. I think once you start changing the visual visual appearance and the suspension setup, mm-hmm. then I think yeah. it, it clearly flips over mm-hmm. into being mm-hmm. being modified. Yeah. But it's um it's not an easy yeah. line to draw. It's not because for example, like I would see your spider as a modified because that's the way I see it because it has things that it didn't have when it first came. You know, I, I, I did ask then... you to send me two stickers, but I just I haven't I didn't oh. I didn't <laughs> I didn't think it deserved it. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about what is and isn't modified. What, what gets you excited in the the modified world at the moment? What are the mods that Ooh. you think 
a different and and have moved the scene on. <laughs> I'm not being biased, but I think stickers. <laughs> 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 because like this is something they never used to see because up until Kirsten came along with her bright orange and green wrap on her front with the fracture everywhere. I don't think we've seen anyone wrap their car like that before. The only person I can think of was Emily Seddon with her Mito. She had a 140 GCT um, Colezione, I think they pronounce it. But she, uh, so basically she wanted a wrap on the back and I was like, let me design it for you. So I designed her back wrap for her and then to the partial wrap. So like up to the door is covered in a, in a, a, hex, in a diagonal way, with the alpha logo in a really glittery way. To the front is basically um, the gray color the car came in. And I feel like the wraps and stuff are getting more attention because it's an alternative to spraying your car and it's not permanent. Yeah. They feel like, actually, I don't like it anymore. So just take it off and then you can just take it off. But um, it's, it's this nice way to change the look of the car without spending a fortune on respray. But you can get still, we can get almost the same effect. In fact, as I would say, because I know some guys in the Abarth community has um, this um, wrapped green, similar to how the Montreal green is in yeah. the Julia. And I think that's amazing. The fact that they actually go wrapped to look just like paint. And I think that I want to do that in the future. But, you know, I'm more of a red guy than a green guy. <laughs> it's interesting you refer to them as stickers because thinking back to kind of my child, and and the cars that my dad owned mm. that that was pretty much apart from wider wheels mm-hmm. and 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 people who would spend a fortune on a on a proper custom paint job yeah stickers was it but it was you know you would go to Halfords and buy a roll of pinstriping <laughs> yeah. stickers and 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 put some stickers on the outside and and again it was the same driver it yeah. was it was having your plain blue car with white pinstripes down the side mm-hmm. so it didn't look like the plain blue car down the road but it, it, it's kind of stickers to me undersells wrapping quite a bit yeah absolutely because uh, you know that, that's what i just described but like you know i think like because for example the way i see it my rear quarter is a sticker but something like what kirsten and emily or urban did with his cars at the time they're wraps because it's more of a full yeah thing rather than just a little area because uh, for example like when i bought my rear quarter from the guy that sold it, I think it was labeled as a sticker rather than, you know, because even though it's vinyl, it's still considered a sticker because, for example, like how big can a sticker be? That's a interesting bit, you know? Yeah, I guess, then, I guess once, the, once it gets to the point where it covers a whole panel, yeah, then it's, I, I then it's a partial more, yeah, wrap. Exactly, yeah, that's exactly it. And it's interesting because that, because you can do all you want to underneath the car, but when a car is at a car show and it's not moving, how do you know that it's been modified? I don't know the way it looks, for example. You can tell exhaust has been modified by the, by the big, you know, the um, innocent stuff, but I feel like when it's more visual things, you can actually tell that, oh yeah, that car is modified, that car is different. And I think that's what people get drawn to more than anything else. Yeah, and the, I mean, the exhaust thing is interesting because they got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was reading yeah, the other the day, it's a huge, isn't it? Yeah. I, I was reading the other day that one of the one of the trends is for for much smaller tips now. Mm. So there are people putting kind of seventies look small mm. tips onto cars that ship from the factory with big fat tips. Just yeah, but to, they make it smaller. And they make it smaller. Just <laughs> again because the factory yeah. the factory jackies have all got big tips on. So if you want to be mm-hmm. different, and, and unless you've got a, unless you've got a dustbin on the back, <laughs> the only way to do it is to go smaller rather than bigger. That's true. That is true. Yeah, like one of the things I want to do to my my original meter is to have a twin exit um, exhaust on it where it goes from both sides like the Julieta had I think it looks beautiful but um, that's just you know where I prefer it because I don't know I think the car looks a lot meaner when this has two exhausts in the back like from both sides but that's just my personal opinion yeah it's interesting did you see the um, the 147 GTA restoration that Tom Brooks who we had on the podcast a couple of months ago did um, I think I did but I can't oh yeah I have actually because yeah, yeah, that had been this. fitted with 
Yeah. Twin, twin tips. Um, yeah. and, and he spent quite a, a lot of effort rebuilding the bumper to take right. it back to one pair of, of twin tips. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, a 147 GTA is, is a, mm, a factory, absolutely. a factory Jackie. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, Car Definitely, that was yeah. that was heavily modified from from the factory. I do um, love the one four seven GTA. Beautiful car, <laughs> incredible. Best car I ever owned. I, and yeah. we've talked about this on the podcast before. Objectively, mm-hmm. my three hundred horsepower Giulietta Veloce mm-hmm. is a better car. Mm. It, it does, course, it does handle newer, better. It's got yeah. more power. It's got less weight at the front end. Mm-hmm. The, the electronics are, are better than the, the Q2 diff was. Mm-hmm. It's even better with a, a proper uh, mm-hmm. quave differential in it. Oh, yes. But I would sell that tomorrow and not really look back, but I would have another 147 GTA tomorrow you know, all day long. It's just a yeah. fantastic car. And part of it's the noise of the Busso mm-hmm. um, oh, and, the, nice. and the look of the Busso when you've got the, yeah. the bonnet out. But there was just something about the proportions and it's, it's just, just a stupid to be real. That's yeah, why I feel like it's a it's... fantastic car. Yeah, um, and I, I like the one five six GTA, but the one four seven one four seven is just much much better. It's a fantastic. I absolutely car. agree. I absolutely agree. Yeah, I would love to own one day at some point. <laughs> well, you, that brings me on to my my next and usually our our last question. So you talked about the Brera kicking off your interest in Alphas originally. Mm-hmm. Um, you've not had one of those yet, but any any cars on your wish list? Oh yeah, I'll show you a model right now. <laughs> it's a Julia QB. Oh, it's a camera there. There you go. <laughs> Does doesn't uh, work. Does doesn't work well on a podcast. No, it but- doesn't. No, no, absolutely not. I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in, in an ideal world, my garage would be a Julia QB. Yeah. You know, I'm not very picky. I don't mind with GTA. You know, I'm humble. I, I don't mind. Okay. With a QB. <laughs> if I had the money, maybe a 8C. Yeah. An 8C um, would be nice. I mean, it's, and, it's, yeah. it's, it's just a Maserati in a posh frock, but what a, f- absolutely. What a but frock. That paint itself is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> each time, each time at Alpha days, I spend a lot of time with Mario because I love his car. <laughs> yeah. So we had a, we've talked about the, the reaction to, um, to modified cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and over the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of similar cars kind of sniffy reaction to uh, to SUVs. And I don't mm-hmm. know if you've listened to the last podcast, but we, we talked to Roberto Giordanelli, who is um, yeah. famous the as a, a road track, and yeah. test track driver yeah, test track for, track, yeah. um, for Auto Italia, amongst other things. Um, and, and he and I had this long conversation about the Giulia GTA, oh, the Giulia Quadrifoglio versus the Stelvio Quadrifoglio. And, right. and maybe it's my my advanced years, um, and, and Roberto's got 20 years on me, but we both came to the conclusion that fantastic though the the Julia is, we'd probably both have the Stelvio rather than the Julia. Just really? To, yeah. I think I'm the opposite because I, you know, this is just my personal opinion because I've seen SUVs everywhere. I like seeing saloons, and then when I see a Julia, I'm like, oh, you know. And I love Stelvios. They're amazing. Same engine, you know, amazing cars. But I don't know. I feel like I personally, I'm just going towards the Julia because it's smaller. You know, it's nice and subtle. You know, it's just cruise along as you needed to. But yeah. I prefer a Julia personally. Um, I mean, I, it, don't get me wrong. If somebody offered me one, I would I would take it in oh, an yeah. instant. I'd bite their arm off yeah. for it. Um, and, and but if I had to be given a Julia or Stelvio, I think I would choose a Julia personally. Yeah. And having driven the Julia GTAM, I, I'd take one of those if anybody's offering mm, of course <laughs> but the I don't know there's something about maybe if they'd done a, a Julia Quadrifoglio Q4 mm. well, I oh, might yeah, be. that'd be interesting I, ju- I just mm. I know so many people who've written off yeah. Julia Quadrifoglios because it, it's too much car for them and that, the, yeah. the Stelvio just gets you out of that kind of trouble but mm. 
because like one of my friend he used to own a Judy QV and we basically met up at Caffeine Machine and um, this was basically uh, a meet organized a different group and then it was uh, myself um, him and Jade who had a Mito and the week before that I was driving a, a Camaro the V8 <laughs> ZL1 which is my other dream car you know since a little kid so in an idea what I'd love to have a Camaro ZL1 and I'd love to have a Judy QV next to it <laughs> but he said to me I bet I can preview that the Judy QV is better I mean he didn't have, he didn't have much convincing because I love the car anyway he said take it for a spin and we swapped our car so he drove my Julietta I drove his Julia QV and it's, it's by far the best car I've driven around oh, I, I mean it is, it is an awesome car yeah let's assume you've got the, the Julia Quadrifoglio mm-hmm. what are you going to do to it Oh, that's it. You know what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I dreamt of this day before and I have planned it thoroughly. Um, for example, like on Forza Horizon, when I had the Judy QV, I basically uh, put the same design on my meter on the break quarter on the back of the Julia. And it's like a thing that I was like, I said to myself, like, I actually want to have that sticker on all the cars I owned. And I was putting it on the Julietta as well. But then the quality of the vinyl was really bad. It kept ripping. So just like, I can't be up. And time was too short for me to prepare for Alpha Day. And then at the time, someone was wanting to buy it. So I just thought, it's not part of me doing it now. And um, yeah, the first thing I'll do is I'll stick the rear quarter up with the with the Alfa Romeo logo. Then, I mean, there's not much to do because the car is perfect to me because the exhaust sounds amazing. The engine itself is beautiful. The alloys are amazing. They're, they're literally my favorite alloys in any Alphas that, you know, you know the, the updated horseshoes that just had cloverleaf. Yeah. But I think it's very hard for me to say, let's change it because I love that car and I can't change any, anything. So you'd, you'd have to keep is. the Mito in order to be able to stay in the modified register. Oh yeah, I think I would. <laughs> <laughs> because everything is already done because like, the exhaust is modified it's lowered from factory you know because to adjust for the um, the extra wideness on the rear especially and it's just you know I, I can't think of anything that and, and there are some change. yeah there's, there are some nice factory modification options yeah, like as the well the carbon I suppose is and the, the carbon pack would be nice and the Akrapovich exhaust and, oh yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> I mean, we we can all go on the configurator and double the price of a quadrifoglio. <laughs> I, I did that. I did that far often than I should. It's not fair. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much, Alan. That's been an absolute blast. Um, I haven't had as much fun doing a podcast for a long time. So thank oh, you very thank much you so for joining much us. Thank you for having me once again. I really enjoyed today. Thank you. That's all for this week. We'll be back in two weeks' time on Sunday, the 15th of January, with a roundtable looking back at the highlights of 2022. Episode 72 will be available to download from 1.30pm from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, YouTube, and everywhere else good podcasts are found. Until then, stay safe. 